where there is a will, a true will, there is absolutely a way. If your desire to see that dream become a reality is strong enough, you will find a way to make it happen. Live your faith, build your business, and change your world. This is Live, Build, Change. Throughout the course of my life, I have learned that there is a ton of difference between having a dream and having a goal. And today, I want to talk to you about that difference and why it matters. Hey, welcome back to the Live, Build, Change podcast. I am Kerry Green. I'm so thankful that you've made the choice to invest your time in listening to this episode of Live, Build, Change. If you are new to the podcast and don't know what this Live, Build, Change thing is all about, You can easily go to livebuildchange.com and find out all the details. On this episode, I wanted to just start out by telling you a story from my childhood. I remember as a kid having dreams about various things, you know, things that I wanted to be, things that I wanted to do. One of the earliest ones I can remember is once I began playing baseball, like many kids who play baseball, having those dreams of becoming a professional baseball player. I mean, who wouldn't like to play your favorite game for your entire lifetime and get paid well to do it? I mean, it's a natural thing that most kids have some kind of dream like that. You know, as I got older and was playing drums in the band, you know, that dream of becoming part of a rock band, becoming part of a successful musical group of some sort, it was there. I had all kinds of dreams like that. One Example, I guess, in a positive sense, is which is more along the lines of where I want to go with this episode, has to do with that situation of playing the drums. When I was in eighth grade, I was in the percussion section in the band, so I played snare drum and bass drum and cymbals and all that kind of stuff. But I had never sat down at a drum set, you know, the actual drum kit that you see in bands with the bass drum and snare and cymbals and tom-toms and all that kind of stuff. And attending some of the high school basketball games as I was in eighth grade, getting ready to go into high school, I noticed that there was a particular band that played at halftime and during timeouts at those basketball games, and it was called the Stage Band. And in that stage band was a drum set. I mean, there were things like trumpets and trombones and stuff like that, but there was also a bass guitar and an electric guitar in this drum set. And the guy who played the drums was named Mike. And I remember going to the field house where the basketball games were played and going on the little balcony right above where Mike was always set up. And I would look down on him and watch him as they played. And it was just incredible. I mean, you talk about inspiration. And I don't mean that in a touchy-feely kind of way. I just mean it was it was one of those things where you just feel so motivated watching someone do something with skill that you have a little bit of understanding about. That's the kind of thing I would feel as I watched Mike play, and it really motivated me to want to learn how to play the drum set. Now, there were a few problems. I didn't have a drum set. I had never had lessons on how to play a drum set because it's very different than playing the typical things you would see in a concert band where you're playing in the percussion section, You know, because you're usually only playing one instrument at a time. But a drum set, if you watch anybody who plays 
has multiple components that are combined at once. So there was quite a big learning curve that I would have to go through to be able to learn how to play a drum set, even if I could get one, which was not very likely because my family was blue collar. My dad worked hard. You know, a drum set was fairly expensive. And in my mind at that time, I really didn't expect that my parents would be willing to invest in me getting a drum set. But here's the thing. That particular dream, for whatever reason, resonated with me in a way that made it transfer from a dream into a goal, which is the point of this particular episode. So I want to clarify a little bit what I mean by that, and then I'm going to continue with the story. You see, a dream is something you really like the idea of. You really feel good about what it would be like if you had that thing or if you achieved that thing or if you reached that particular pinnacle of success that you're thinking of. But it's not something that you take action on and bring into reality. I mean, a dream can be brought into reality. But what I'm saying when I'm talking about the difference between dreams and goals is that dreams usually stay in the realm of the ethereal. They stay in the realm of concept. They stay in the realm of feeling. And you never really move them into the realm of practical action. That's a goal. When you set a goal, you are determining a course of action you're going to take in order to accomplish that thing. And that's where something transitions from a dream into a goal. And so, as I said, this particular dream of becoming a drummer translated into a goal in my soul for some reason. And I began making plans for how I was going to accomplish this thing of playing the drum set. And I had a lot of obstacles to overcome. As you can see, I didn't have a drum set. I didn't know how to play a drum set. And I didn't even know what context I would play the drum set in. The way it all kind of manifested in my heart and mind was this. As an eighth grader, I'm watching this guy play in the high school band. And my brother at that time was in the high school band. So I started asking my brother questions about this guy who played the drums and the whole scenario there around this band that played at the basketball games. And maybe that's the first step you need to understand about how a dream translates into a goal is you begin investigating the dream. You begin investigating the possibilities. And that's what I was doing because I started asking my brother questions. And I said, Brad, tell me about Mike. Tell me what you know about the stage band and what's going on there. And so he starts telling me the, the situation. Well, the stage band is for sophomores through seniors. So freshmen can't be in the stage band. Well, there's a strike against me because I would have been a freshman the next year. But he went on and he said, Mike is actually a senior this year. So this is his last year to play in the stage band. And so I asked my brother, well, who's going to play drums next year? And he said, I don't think there is anybody. At least I don't know anybody in the band who actually plays drum set. Mike's the only one. And so I began looking at that situation as an eighth grader, mind you, and I'm not saying this to impress you. I'm just saying what the reality of the situation was and perhaps to impress upon you what it takes to make a dream turn into a goal. You see, I began looking into that situation and trying to make possibilities out of the situation where it seemed there were impossibilities. 
Are you following what I'm saying? I saw the hurdles. I saw the obstacles. Okay, number one, I don't have a drum set. Number two, I don't know how to play drums. Number three, even if I did have those two things, typically a freshman is not allowed to be in the stage band, which is where I would want to play. But there's nobody who's going to fill that role. And so I saw an opportunity because I suspected, and it turned out it was true, that the band director, in some sense, was going to feel himself in a position where his back was up against the wall. And the stage band needs to thrive for the next year, but there's no one in the band who can actually help it thrive by filling that pivotal role of a drummer. Because a drummer is is just instrumental to any particular group because of the rhythm and the, the foundation that it supplies. And so, as an eighth grader, I find out all this information from my brother through that first step of investigating Then I kind of devised a little plan. Now, in my case, at that time in my life, I didn't know to write it all out. I didn't know to make a bullet point outline of steps that I would need to take. I just saw the next logical step and I took it. And here's what that step was. I went to the high school band director who I had never spoken with in my life. And as I look back at it, I kind of laughed to myself that I even had the guts to do this because I wasn't a really confident kid in eighth grade. I wasn't one of those guys who would just talk to anybody or approach a stranger or take a sales job, you know, which in a sense is what I was doing by approaching the high school band director. I was going to sell myself to him, even though I really didn't have that much to sell. I didn't have a drum set. I couldn't play drums, you know, all that kind of stuff was in the way. But for whatever reason, that compelling desire of being in the stage band as the drummer motivated me enough to step beyond those obstacles, those particular hurdles, and approach the band director. And I remember like it was yesterday, his name was Mr. Duggan. And I approached Mr. Duggan one day when he was in the band room at the middle school after band rehearsal. He had come to talk to our band instructor for whatever reason. And I approached him after he was done there and started to ask him questions. And I remember saying, Mr. Duggan, I've been watching the stage band and I really love everything that's going on there. And I know that Mike, who plays drums right now, is a senior this year. Do you have any idea what you're going to do next year? Because my brother is Brad Green. You know, I told him who my brother was and he knew my brother. And I said, he's told me he doesn't know that there's anyone else who can play drums. So what are you what are you going to do? And Mr. Duggan, it looked like it could have been the first time he had really realized the situation or the first time it was being brought to his attention in that way. And he said, well, you know, I really don't know what we're going to do. We don't really have anybody that can fill that spot at this time. And then I brought up the situation from my perspective. And I said, I know that freshmen aren't usually allowed to be in the stage band, but I was curious if you would let me at least audition, let me at least try out for the position because I am a drummer and I guess, I don't know if I was lying or if I was speaking optimistically there as a kid, but you know, I played percussion. I was in the percussion section and I don't remember verbatim what I said. Maybe I said, I'm in the percussion section here in the middle, but middle school band. And I would love to audition for that position and right there on the spot. Mr. Duggan told me, yeah, I would let you audition. And if you do well, you know, we can talk about whether or not you would be able to be in the stage band. 
And that's all I needed. Now let's stop for a second and unpack what happened there. And again, as an eighth grader, I didn't know really what I was doing. I didn't know that I had actually done some good strategic things in presenting this to Mr. Duggan. But looking back on it now with a little bit of experience under my belt and business savvy in particular, I can see some of the things I did that actually were very smart in the way that I approached him. Number one, I asked questions okay, of the person who had the, the power over the circumstance that I was wanting to enter into. I just asked him questions and I helped him become aware of the conundrum in case he wasn't aware of it. Now, looking back, I'm sure he knew there was going to be some sort of an issue the next year, but it was still a ways off and he probably hadn't addressed it very much. And so I brought up the question and just let him talk. That's a good thing to do when you're approaching people about particular needs that you see that you may want to fill. You just ask questions and you let them talk because they reveal the need and they reveal some of the hurdles that it is going to be to get over that problem. And so that's exactly what Mr. Duggan did. And he revealed to me, he didn't really know what he was going to do. And he confirmed my suspicion that his back was kind of up against the wall and he was going to be kind of in a pinch. And so then I turned that to my advantage by offering a solution. And do you see that in a way is a kind of sales and it wasn't real salesy on my part. I didn't pressure him. I just brought up his need. And then in light of that need, I presented a possible solution. And in this case, it was my solution. And there's nothing wrong with doing that because it's truly going to be a benefit to him. It would be a benefit to the stage band. It would be a benefit to the high school to have this position filled. Now, what Mr. Duggan didn't realize was that I didn't really have the ability at that point to fulfill that particular need. I just knew that I would aim in that direction if he gave me the go ahead. And he did. He gave me the opportunity. And as an entrepreneur, as a person who's building a side business, as a person who really wants to put something in place to actually change your world, you need to find the opportunity. You need to get the go ahead. And the main person who is going to give you permission to go ahead and to start taking action is you. In this case, I was a kid and Mr. Duggan was the one who was the authority in the situation. But that really is neither here nor there to the point that I'm making. As an adult, you have most of the control in your life to make things change in your life. And something I've just been thinking recently is that you can't expect anything in your life to change if you are unwilling to change. You see, you've got to step outside your comfort zone. And that is the primary thing that turns a dream into a goal is that you're willing to take action on that dream. You're willing to do something about it. Let's go back to the story. I had the conversation with Mr. Duggan. He gave me the go ahead and said, yeah, I would at least let you audition, which was all I needed to be motivated. And so I went home. It was probably that exact same day and spoke to my mom about it. My dad wasn't home yet because he usually worked kind of late. You know, he'd be home six, six thirty. And so I got home from school and I'm talking to my mom about it. And I remember 
kind of approaching it in the same way with my mom and telling my mom the situation with the high school. The drummer is a senior this year. I really would love to play drums. And so is there any way, and you see, notice what's happening here. I'm addressing another one of the obstacles in my situation. I said, mom, is there any way that I could get a drum set to start practicing to be able to audition? I've got all summer to practice and to learn. I really believe I can teach myself to play well enough to do well on the audition. And I remember my mom asking me, well, how are you going to do that? What are you thinking? And my mom, being a wise parent, was trying to discern how well-informed I was, how motivated I was, if I had any kind of an action plan in place. And so as we talked about it, I told my mom, I I think what I'll do is just take my little battery-operated cassette recorder. You remember what those are, right? A cassette recorder, cassette tape. And I would stand up above Mike as the band played, and I would record the songs the band plays as they play them. I would do that week after week at the high school basketball games for the rest of the school year. And then I would have essentially what I needed to learn in terms of what the songs were like. And then I would have to figure out how to learn how to play drums myself. I would have to learn the technique. I would have to learn the skill and practice it all summer long. Well, that was enough for my mom, for whatever reason, to motivate her to make a deal with me. And she really did make a deal with me. She said, okay, here's what I'm, I think we can do. I'm willing to squeeze money out of the grocery budget to help you find a very inexpensive drum set. It may not be what you want right away, but I'm willing to get you something so that you can begin working toward this goal. And should you be the one who's chosen to be the drummer in the stage band, I will then see what we can do to work out getting you a better drum set that would be what you need to be in the band. Man, can you imagine what that did for an eighth grader? you know, a 14-year-old kid roughly, as he's thinking about this dream that he has that he's wanting to turn into a goal. Man, for my mom to give me the empowerment, to give me the permission to move ahead with that was a pivotal moment. And I thank my mom for that. Man, if my mom's listening to this, mom, you set me on a course that day in so many different ways, not just with my drumming and the skills I've been able to learn there as I've gone through life and played in worship bands and things like that, but also with the understanding of what it means to set a goal and to develop a plan to reach that goal and to work hard to achieve it. Now, let me stop here for a minute and talk to you, the listener, whoever you are. Chances are you are not an eighth grader right now. (laughs) You're an adult. You're somebody who has some experience. You know that you can accomplish things because you've done it throughout your whole life. And you may have some dream that's banging around in your head or your heart, but you're uncertain whether you can actually turn that dream into a goal and actually fulfill what it is you want to fulfill. Well, my encouragement to you is this. If a kid in the eighth grade can figure out how to do this, how much more able are you to be able to pull this off in your own life? Now, I understand there are obstacles. I understand there are fears that come up when you think about doing that, because it's most likely that in the things you're thinking about doing, there's more at stake. It may be a job. It may be income. It may be your family's well-being. I mean, all kinds of things that could be part of that puzzle. But what I want you to consider is this. Nothing is going to change unless you are willing to change. 
And that often means you have to get beyond those limitations in your own thinking that tell you you can't do it or it's too risky or there's going to be a huge learning curve and you're not sure you want to invest that much time in it. You've got to be willing to take action. And that action doesn't have to be massive at first. It just has to be action. Something you take to start where I started, by investigating, by asking questions, by learning what it's going to take to actually pull off this dream. And and through that process, you discover if the dream is really something you want badly enough, that you're going to do what it takes to invest in the process of learning, of growing, of developing the skill, whatever it takes to make that dream a reality. So all that just to say, you as an adult have the ability, but are you willing to take the steps to start learning if that dream is really something you want to pursue? And I want to encourage you, don't let the resistance of negative thoughts and doubts and realistic appraisal of the obstacles that are in your way stop you from pursuing something that you really feel like you should at least investigate. Get started. Get moving. If an eighth grader can do this, surely you can do this. You're a grown person. You can do what's needed to start investigating the possibility of turning those dreams into goals. Let's get back to the story. What happened with my pursuit of being the drummer in the stage band? Well, my mom somehow, I don't even know how this happened, knew that the pawn shop in town had drums from time to time. And so she and I go down to the pawn shop. And I'd done enough research by then to know what a drum kit consisted of. You know, bass drum, snare drum, tom-tom cymbals, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so we go down to the pawn shop to see if there's anything there that would do. And man, it's really funny when I look back on it. My first drum set was like three pieces of an actual drum set that belonged together. And a couple of other drums that weren't really belonging to that drum set. They were totally different color, totally different kit. In fact, I had two snare drums that I took the snares off of one of the drums and made it into a tom-tom just so I would have something to play. You see, and the cymbals, man, the cymbals and the stands that came with this drum kit. If you're not a drummer, you don't know exactly what I'm talking about. But you know, the cymbals that they they bang and they crash and they make the loud splashy sound. You know, those cymbals, one of them sounded like I was beating on a tin can. And the other one was all bent and warped and messed up. But man, it was enough. I'm telling you, as a kid, I was thrilled to get it because it was enough for me to get started. It was enough for me to start learning the basic elements of what it meant to keep a solid beat, to learn how to play the instrument, to get myself rolling in a better direction. And man, what kind of a lesson is there for us as we as adults are looking toward the dreams that we might want to pursue? You don't have to have everything perfect right off. You don't have to invest tons of resources and tons of money into getting the the expert equipment and the perfect scenario set up for yourself. You just need to get started with whatever you can manage at the time. See, and the lack of resources sometimes or the lack of the right equipment or knowledge is sometimes used by that negative, pessimistic bent we have at times to keep us from moving at all. And I want to tell you, it doesn't have to. 
My eighth grade situation, the story that I'm telling you, demonstrates that to be true. I wish I still had that old drum set. I wish I still had that so that I could show you a picture of it. Man, it was a mess. It was just nothing like what you would see somebody using in any kind of band, even an amateur band. You normally wouldn't see them using that kind of a drum set. But that's what I set up out in my garage. And I started using with those cassettes that I had recorded and a little one ear earplug thing. It was a goofy little thing. I could barely hear with it cranked at full volume as I'm banging away on the drums, trying to learn how to play. And keep in mind, this was back in the early 80s. This was before YouTube. This was before the internet. This was before I had the availability of the kinds of resources that I really could have used to great effect. And so what did I do? Well, I just paid real close attention when I listened to cassette tapes. I listened to the drummer. I picked out the different elements within the drum kit that were being played and how they were being played and when they were being played. And and I watched, you know, like on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I remember that. Man, do you remember Johnny Carson, The Tonight Show? I mean, it was Jay Leno probably for most people who are listening. But back then it was Johnny Carson. And I would watch as Doc Severinsen and the Tonight Show band would play, and I'd watch that drummer, and you know, it was only like a 20-second clip of the band playing between commercial breaks and stuff like that, but every chance I got to watch a drummer play, I would watch, and I would see how they held the sticks, and I would see what they played when, and, and I pieced it all together to teach myself the basics of what it meant to play a drum set. And again, I feel like I need to say, I'm not saying any of this to impress you. I'm saying this to impress upon you that where there is a will, a true will, there is absolutely a way. If your desire to see that dream become a reality is strong enough, you will find a way to make it happen. That's all that was happening in my 14-year-old brain was that I wanted to be the drummer in the high school stage band my freshman year. And I could see the opportunity. I could see there was a reason for the band director to allow me to audition. And I was going to do everything within my power to learn what I needed to learn to be able to do well on that audition. And so that's what I did with this old drum set in the heat of my garage in the Texas Panhandle all summer long with a cruddy little tape recorder with terrible recordings and with a bad quality earplug headphone type thing for me to listen to. I worked it out a little bit at a time. And I'm telling you, that is an incredible way to learn. Learning the hard way, as they call it, doesn't necessarily have to mean you learn by your mistakes. It means you grind it out. You find a way to learn the skills that you need to learn in order to pull off the thing you're wanting to pull off. I mean, the dream can't just be, hey, I want to make a million dollars. And be generous with that to change my world. I mean, that's what live, build, change is really all about. But that can't be the substance of it all. There's got to be something practical to it. There's got to be something that you can break down step by step and start grinding away at a little bit at a time in order to pull off that bigger dream. And for me, in the eighth grade, it was becoming the drummer in the high school stage band my freshman year. Let's get back to the story. I pounded away on those drums all summer long. Every chance I got, I got out in the garage and I sweat and I listened and, you know, I'd have to stop playing and listen to it to kind of decipher what was being done. And then I'd have to practice it on my own. I have to start out slow and speed it up as I got better. And man, it just took forever. 
it seemed. But as the summer drew to a close and the school year was about to begin, the information about the audition came out. I received a phone call or a letter or something from the high school band. I was in touch with Mr. Duggan. I don't remember what happened, but I knew when the audition was going to be. And I was practicing my little heart out. I mean, I was working hard. And I went to the audition and man, did my heart sink. When I got there and there were two other people there to audition for that drum part. I thought I was going to be the only one, but there were two other people. There was a gal named Pam who had her own drum set. I mean, a nice drum set, a silver metallic looking set. I mean, good cymbals. I mean, man, how intimidated I felt. Pam was there. She was a sophomore that year. And Mr. Duggan just simply didn't know she played drums. And so here she was at the audition and it felt like he was letting me audition just because he said he would. But here I am a freshman. I don't, I don't really have a chance. Well, there was another guy. JJ was there and JJ and I are friends on social media to this day. JJ was actually a pretty good drummer. I'd seen him playing in the high school band. I just didn't know he could play drum set. And evidently Mr. Duggan didn't either. And so there was JJ ready to play. Now, JJ also didn't have his own drum set. But he was planning to get one if he were allowed into the band. And so here we were, all three of us there to audition. And as the freshman, I felt like the underdog. As the one who didn't have a decent drum set, I felt like the, the underdog. As the one who had never played drums before, I felt like the underdog. And it's at that point, right before the audition, I could have allowed my negative feelings and my fears and my discouragement to get the better of me. But what else can I do? I mean, I'm right there at the audition. I've got to do something, right? I can't just take my beat up drum set and go home, right? And thankfully, I didn't have to bring that beat up drum set because Mr. Duggan told me there would be a drum set there for us to play. And turns out it was Pam's. That's how I knew it was that shiny silver looking drum set. You know, it was her drum set. And man, I felt intimidated. And let me say to you, as you begin anything toward building a side income or building a business, you're going to see other people along the pathway, who are doing very similar things to what you're wanting to do, or even the exact same thing. And you're going to feel intimidated. You're going to feel scared. You're going to feel like, oh, what I've got to offer really isn't all that great because this person's doing it. And look how well they're doing it. And look at all the things they have that they're bringing to the table. But I want to tell you, none of that matters. It's a lesson I learned there in the eighth grade going into the ninth grade. None of that matters. Because what you bring to the table is different than what others bring to the table because it comes through you. God has designed you uniquely. He's designed you to bring about this creativity and service and accomplishment in the world that only you can bring. Even if the niche that you're doing it in is crowded with other people, your approach is going to be different. And there will be people out there who have a need for what you're bringing, who are wired kind of like you are, and they will resonate with your approach more than they'll resonate with that other person, no matter how polished or far along the track they are. Do you see, when I walked into that audition room and I saw these other two players, man, it's real. I got afraid. I got scared. I got intimidated, but I decided for some reason right there, Hey, I've come this far. I'm at least going to audition and I'm going to do the best I can. I've been working hard. I'm not going to let all that work go to waste. 
And that's what you've got to do as well. Man, I, I can't believe as I'm talking about this, all the lessons for entrepreneurialism that are coming out of this experience I had between my eighth and ninth grade year. It's just really amazing. Well, let's continue with the story. What happened then? Well, we did audition. And Mr. Duggan said he would let us know within a week what was going to happen. And man, oh, I hated that. That was the worst week of my life, just waiting for news of my either impending doom or my glorious triumph. I didn't know which it was going to be. And in a week's time, I did get a call from Mr. Duggan. And he invited me to be part of the stage band. I was just shocked. I was just totally shocked. But what happened was he wound up having all three of us be in the stage band. And we would rotate the playing for various songs. And the reason he did that, I can see looking back on it now, how that was a wise thing for him to do. Because we were all three kind of unknown commodities. None of us were actually outstandingly better than the other. And he kind of was building in a backup plan for himself in case one of us didn't pan out. Well, the way it turned out in the end was he put us in kind of a pecking order. And I was at the top of that pecking order. I was shocked that I was the main drummer. There was JJ as the second drummer and then Pam as as the third drummer. And we did rotate through, but I got to play more than they did most of the time. And that was just incredible to me. And so you see what happened in the end was that the dream became a goal and progressively working toward that goal caused it to become a reality. And so when you hear about people talking about your dreams come true, well, a lot of times that's said in a context in which it sounds like some magical fairy dust is sprinkled out on the situation and a fairy godmother shows up or God himself just speaks into your situation and boom, hearing all the magic, you know, this dream comes true. But I'm telling you something, even though God can do that, and there are times in our lives where we point at things and we say, man, what a miracle. God stepped in and he did something I couldn't do. And he brought about great blessing. That's not typically the means God uses to bring about his work in our lives. He invests in us gifts, intelligence, drive, determination, and he wants us to use those things to bring about the good he has in store. Change in your life is typically not going to happen unless you are willing to change, unless you are willing to grow, unless you're willing to invest in the process, unless you put your own talents, dreams, desires, energy, ability to learn, creativity, all into effect to bring about the transition of a dream to a goal, to a reality. And I'm here to tell you, as part of this Live, Build, Change movement, that you can do it. And you can do it for greater reasons than just padding your bank account, than just getting through your monthly expenses. Although those are worthy goals and those are worthy things to do, things we should be doing as responsible Christian people in the world. But you can do more than that. Because what I think is going to happen in your life, if you're willing to get started, if you're willing to take the risk of starting to move toward investigating those possibilities and then applying some steps of application to start moving toward the dream that's now moving toward a goal. If you're willing to do that, what's going to happen in your heart is you're going to begin to see a bigger picture than you did when you first started. Because the little successes that you achieve, 
are going to show you that there's more that's yet possible. You can achieve even more. You can build perhaps bigger sources of income so that you can pay off debt faster. Or you can help a family member with medical bills. Or you can perhaps adopt that child you've been wanting to adopt because you're seeing that you can step outside of the circumstances you're used to being in in order to build a different world for yourself and for your family. And beyond that, you can see the possibility of funding causes that can make differences in the world. You've heard me talk about this ever since the zero episode of this podcast, which you can hear at livebuildchange.com slash zero, which tells my story and some of the dreams I have for where I'm headed. You've heard me talk about funding causes, and I guess this is as good a time as any to let you know my wife and I have recently made the choice to begin funding a very significant cause. It's Hope India Mission, which is a friend of ours that we've met through my in-laws, who is an Indian native. I mean, in the country of India, he's an evangelist. He's an apostle kind of a guy. He's a church planter. He's a disciple maker. He builds orphanages. I mean, all kinds of things he does over there through this ministry, Hope India Mission. And we have decided to begin supporting him with the revenue we've been able to produce through these online businesses. And we wouldn't have been able to do that without me beginning to pursue some dreams and turn them into goals and systematically set the course for how we're going to get there. And I want to just encourage you, you can do this. And if you feel like, yeah, I can do it, but I'm not exactly sure how to begin. Hey, reach out to me. My name is Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y at livebuildchange.com. I would love to start a conversation with you. I'm beginning some life and business coaching stuff. So if that seems like it would be a good fit, we could talk about that. But it doesn't even have to go there. I would love to just hear about your dreams and give you some little pointers here or there about how I would go about pursuing those things, how I would start investigating, how I would start asking questions of the people involved, how I begin learning and developing a process for, for putting this thing into place that it is that you have in your heart. Because I'm convinced you can do this. You really can do this. We live in a day and age where technology makes it easier. You now have YouTube as a resource. You now have the internet as a resource to teach you how to do almost anything that you really want to do. There's only specialized things, you know, like brain surgery and learning uh, how to be a lawyer. You know, those really technical things that you have to really go to school for. You can learn so much other stuff on the internet. And I would almost bet you whatever it is you're thinking about, there's someone who's doing that successfully in the internet space. And you could learn from. So please reach out to me if you're interested in having an initial conversation about this. I would even be excited to have you on the podcast for us to do kind of a live coaching session where we investigate what it is that you're interested in doing. And we could chat about it, record it, to have it on this podcast so others could benefit as well. I hope this little trip down memory lane today has been helpful to you. That you've seen that even from a young age, we have placed within us, because we're made in the image of God, the things we need to be creative, to build something that matters, something that can fund beneficial things in our lives and in the lives of others, and that the obstacles that you see in the way do not have to be things that keep you from accomplishing those things that are on your heart to accomplish. If you have not yet joined the Live, Build, Change Facebook community, Hey, what are you waiting for, man? It's a group of 
Christ followers who were excited and eager to live out their faith in a more authentic way, to possibly build side income or businesses, and to change their world. All a bunch of like-minded people heading toward the same goal. Of course, it looks different for each person, and that's part of the beauty of it, is we get to synergize and work together from different perspectives to encourage, to pray for each other, and to enable each other in better ways. If you'd like to become a part of the Live, Build, Change Facebook community, you are invited. Go to livebuildchange.com slash FB for Facebook. Insert your email, you'll receive an invitation, and soon you'll be approved and part of the community. Thanks so much for listening to Live, Build, Change. God bless you. Go and change your world.